there are times where I've seen you and mum inter- interact with each other. It, it's kind of like watching another episode of The Flintstones. <laughs> Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Mr. A+. Thanks to everyone who sent messages after my last episode. It has been really great to hear from you. Thank you for that. At the end of last year, I did a couple of episodes with my mother, and so I thought in today's episode I'd talk to my dad about his childhood, my childhood, and what happened when he met my mother. I'm sure there'll be more embarrassing stories about me as a kid, as well as thoughtful conversation about why he is the man he is and how he made me the man I am. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Tom Theo, otherwise known as my dad. Thanks, Mike. My pleasure, Dad. Thank you for, for joining me on the podcast. I know some people have seen only a little bit of you on the television series Love on the Spectrum, but for those that may not have met you before, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, thanks, Mike. Thanks for inviting me onto the program, onto your podcast. It's, um, I'm sure we're going to have a very interesting conversation, the two of us, father and son, as we do. Oh, you know, good. we've had some pretty amazing philosophical discussions over the years and the way I've raised you and whatnot. So, yeah, mm. so a little bit about me. Okay. I've got Greek heritage and... Um, my mum and dad came out to Australia in, in, in 1960. I was born here, in, in, born and bred in Wollongong, the good old Gong, as they call it, in short. I absolutely love this place and uh, my heart's really here. I think it's a beautiful place where the mountains meet the sea. Yeah, it was an interesting childhood. Uh, they, they were um, typical, traditional Greek parents. You know, they, they raised me up to be a good person, to have good family values. And that, that's been instilled in me and I've instilled that in you too, Michael. So um, with the old-fashioned the old fashioned values, you know, to be kind, to be courteous. Yes. To be uh, welcoming of others, all those sorts of things. And just to get along with people. Yeah, raised uh, as um, in a typical Greek family with all the Greek traditions and all that sort of jazz. And I've never been really a, a traditional type person. I've always been a bit of a, uh, a rebel without a cause in my own mind. Um questioning a lot of things about life and whatnot. So found the, the love of my, my life, which is, as you know, your mum, and settled down. So, Do you remember the moment you met mum? Yeah, I did, actually. Um, so I was out one night and uh, we went to – it was called the Market Street Bistro back then, so many, many years ago, back in um, the 80s. It was wintertime because I remember I was wearing some jeans and um, a denim – denim jacket, and I had my, my back turned towards her. She came up to me from behind. Um, she actually thought I was somebody else, and she started. She just sat in front of me and just started talking to me, and I thought to myself, who, who on earth is this, this person? And um, <laughs> so anyway, I just went along with it, and I thought, okay, this is, this is interesting. So we spoke and we spoke and we spoke, and then she finally realized that, oh, shivers. I actually thought you were somebody else. And she goes, look, I'm really, really sorry. Um, I've just plonked myself down here in front of you. And here I am talking to a stranger, a complete stranger, not realising that I actually made a big mistake. So I, I do apologise. 
uh, for coming up to you and just out of the blue like that. And I said, that's okay, that's fine. I said, um, it's one way of meeting, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and anyway, we started talking and talking and talking and um, <laughs> we got into some pretty deep, meaningful conversations and we had that chemistry, that instant chemistry that we felt with one another and um, I asked her out and the rest was history. Nice. Tell us about your first date with mum. Did it all go according to plan? Yeah, yeah. Look, look it, was a, it was a really, really good date. It was a very strange feeling that I had because when I spoke to her, even though she was, I hardly knew her from a bar of soap, I felt this instant connection with her. Um, let's just say that you know when you found the one. You yeah. can't explain it. It's almost like two souls coming together and your soul is connecting with her soul deep within your heart and it's almost like you've known this person for like all your life. Yes. My input on that is if you find the best catch you could could ever find, do not throw her back. Absolutely. That's a fishing metaphor. <laughs> Because personally, I've been dangling my hook in the water for a very long time. Yeah, I can, I can relate to that. I know, Mike, look, I know, Mike, you've been trying really, really hard to, to find someone. But like I've said to you, there's only going to be one woman in your yeah. life. You know, you're not, you're not the sort of man yeah. that has, you know, jumps from girlfriend to girlfriend to girlfriend. So um, yeah. there's only going to be that one woman in your life. She's going to be special and right for you. It's not about looking for the perfect partner. Yeah. Perfection does not exist. No. In any relationship. Mm-hmm. So you're never going to be 100% compatible. You can throw that idea no. out the door. Right? It's about it's about finding the person that is right for you. Another thing is I'm also above cheating. Cheating is one of those things that really I don't agree with because you're hurting a lot of people mm. in the process. I think at the end of the day, marriage to me is a very, very sacred, important bond between two two souls. And you know what? We're not here to hurt one another. We really aren't. Just do the right thing. It's not hard. Exactly. And my input on that is, if you ever find yourself a woman in life, you should not only be loyal, but also grateful. Because if you end up losing a valuable treasure like a woman, there's a chance that you might not be able to get her back. That's right. That's why I say... That's why I say, if you find yourself the best catch, do not throw her back. (laughs) Absolutely. My next question is, when did you know you wanted to ask mum to marry you? That's a good question. Look, things went pretty quickly, actually, between mum and I. And I I knew that um, she was right for me. Because not only did I have this deep soul, heart-to-heart connection with her, but everything was just falling into place like a jigsaw puzzle. It was just the synchronicity was just amazing. Mm. I knew she was the one for me. I just knew it. After dating her for six months, I uh, proposed to her. I mean, six months is actually a short time for a lot of people. Some people go out with each other for two, three, four, five years, whatever. But you know what? I thought to myself, why, why waste time? So if you know and you know you've got the right person, mate, just bite the bullet and go for it. That's what I say. So, um, mm. so what I did was I proposed to her and we got engaged, but we did have a long engagement and you know, we, yeah. we were engaged for a couple of years because she was still pretty young too. So we did have a, a two-year yeah. engagement 
And then we finally got married. Nice. Yeah. In April 1988. That's right. Good memory, Mike. One month before Dorse Butler passed away. R.I.P. Who's that? Dorse Butler. He was um a, a very professional voice actor for Hanna-Barbera back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And he actually mentored many people to become voice actors themselves. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Losing him, along with Bell Blank and Don Don Messick, left a giant void in that field. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, lo- I love Mel Blank. That guy was mm. just a legend. Yes. I, I, I used to love watching Lunar Tunes growing up as a kid. The man of a thousand voices he was. The man of a thousand voices, yeah. He was just incredible. He was. And some of the characters in Looney Tunes are just unbelievable. I mean, you love love Looney Tunes as well, don't you? I did when I was a kid, yes. That was another fond childhood memory. So what are your favourite Looney Tune characters? Mine have always been Sylvester and Falkhorn Leghorn. Very good. Bugs Bugs is cool. I love Daffy a lot. He's one of my favourites. The Coyote and Roadrunner. That was quite good too. Hmm. Yeah. There's there's quite a few. Yep. Several. There, there are times where I've seen you and Mum inter- interact with each other. It, it's kind of like watching another episode of The Flintstones. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I mean, we have it. Don't, don't get. I mean, we're not. We don't have the perfect relationship. No. Let's just put it out there. So, um, you know, we still um, have our disagreements on on a few things whenever we discuss things, as you know. But the key is we agree to disagree. Get it all out on the table and come to some sort of agreement or compromise, whatever it may be, and then Bob's your uncle, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah, you work it out. That's why I say never issue an ultimatum. It never works. Why do you say that, an ultimatum? That means it has to be one way instead of both. Yeah. What do you think the problem is with ultimatums? Because... Because one side is extremely determined to have their own, only their way. That's right. And, and vice versa on the yeah. other side. But it's, but that does more harm than good. Yeah. What people need to do is make it, find a solution that satisfies both people. Exactly right. After all, that's what marriage is, isn't it? Exactly. That's why marriage is something that should not and should never be taken lightly or for granted. You have to cherish your, your marriage. And because it's the most special thing anybody could ever hope for. Absolutely. Well, well, in my opinion, at least. Well, what do you think would make a good marriage in, in your books, Mike? Basically, um, someone who's loving, um, comes from a good family, has a pure heart, and does not um, commit any wrongdoings, such as, you know, breaking the law, um, taking drugs, um Getting in trouble with the police, hanging out with the wrong crowds. Yeah. And having good family values, not cheat, not cheating on your partner, and always staying loyal and faithful to them through thick and thin. Absolutely. Which I was going to ask you, what ingredients do you think are the most important in marriage? The ingredients, first of all, you've got to love one another. That's the glue that keeps you together. Next is things like integrity. Um, to be loyal, right, and to be honest with another, one another. I also made another observation. What's that? No, no matter how long or ha- or hard a man tries to keep something from a woman, 
she manages to sniff it out eventually. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. No, uh, women do have a very keen sixth sense. They're very intuitive. Mm. And that's why there's the importance of not of never underestimating women. Women are extremely intelligent. I find that very admirable. Yeah. Intelligence is one of the is is one of the main things about a woman that I find highly attractive. Yeah. The more intelligent a woman is, the more beautiful she is. Yeah. You mentioned that you're a very spiritual person, right? Yeah. What does it mean to you to be spiritual? Spirituality is about us with our connection with everything around us, with the universe, with nature. It's feeling that connection when you're in nature. For example, if you're going for a, a walk through a, a beautiful park where there's lots of beautiful trees and, and flower beds and, and all these beautiful shrubs everywhere and, and you hear the birds singing and you feel that connection, you feel very uplifted. There's something inside of you that starts to resonate and move within you. You can just feel it. Everything in nature, all the different types of animals and birds and reptiles and whales and mate, the, the mind just boggles. It's yeah. mind boggling. Now, and that's just on planet Earth. Now I want you to think about the entire universe. Yeah. All the planets, the solar systems, the stars. Go figure, okay? All I can say is go and figure. That's it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, <clears throat> my next question is, do you love animals and why do you love them? Yeah, I love animals because animals are, are beautiful creatures to look at. They're just amazing. But, yeah, I just love animals. I just love animals. I love, I love tigers. I love watching tigers. I love watching... Beautiful horses running in the wild. Um, I love the Arabian horses with their beautiful manes. They're my favorite, one of my favorite animals. Another one is the panda bear in China. What a gorgeous animal that is. What a, huh. I just, when I see a panda bear, I just want to walk up to it and give it a big hug. <laughs> I mean, look at Africa. Africa's like a, exactly, like a, a walking, living zoo. With the elephants and the giraffes. I know. The- Lions, zebras, antelopes, wildebeests, hyenas, cheetahs, leopards. As a matter of fact, I actually happen yeah. to love animals as well. I always have. Some of my favorite animals would be members of the cat family, especially the big cats, you know, like lions, yeah. tigers, leopards, snow leopards, um, and even our, the animals in, in Australia, you know, um, Platypuses, um, koalas, wombats, dingoes, Tasmanian devils, um, numbats. Numbats? What's a numbat? It's a type of Australian marsupial. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Never heard of it. Okay. Well, now you do. <laughs> and cool. the emu and the red kangaroo are the two national animals of Australia. And even South America is a continent that has some of the most beautiful and exotic flora and fauna in the world. In, in South America, there are tapirs. Golden lion tamarins, they're kind of a type of monkey. Okay. Coaties, um, porcupines, various exotic frogs, macaws, toucans, uh, jaguars, carpaberas, they're the largest rodents in the world. Okay, cool. How do you, how do you know all this stuff, Mike? 
I've been researching about animals for years. It's one of my it's one of my biggest passions. I've always loved them, hence why I collect Yowie toys. My most prized collection. Oh, you love Yowies. You always love Yowies, haven't you? Yep. It's, and it's also one of my fondest memories from when I was a kid. Yeah. My mother used to get them for me all the time, and she still kind of gets them for me here and there. As a surprise. i got to ask you, what is one of your favourite memories of me as a kid? Um, yeah, just watching you grow up, you know, just, you know... When we raised you and, and your brother and your sister, I always in, wanted to instill my philosophies uh, in raising you guys and um, being good, decent human beings, doing the right thing. I raised you to, to be a, a good person, a decent person with old school values. You've done that. You've always been... A pure soul, Mike. You know, um, there is a pureness about you that I've always loved about you, Michael. We took the challenge up and did the best we could to, to raise you, but also to to help you through with your Asperger's, to believe in yourself, to love yourself. And Mum and I have tried to, to help you grow up to be the, the, the gentleman that you are today. So, so yes. Yeah. You mum say you you did your best. I think you did more than your best. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. That's that's really nice. As I've said it quite a few times before. Yeah. Look, it's, it's challenging being a parent. You know, there's never, ever a rule book uh, when you have kids. And yeah. you don't know what unconditional love is until you have kids. But it is challenging. Don't get me wrong. I <laughs> mean... You guys can be a pain, just like everybody else can be a pain sometimes. But, but yes, hang on. of course. That's life, isn't it? That's life. Yep. Okay. Now we're going on to our Ask Mr. A Plus segment. The Ask Mr. A Plus segment is a segment of the podcast where the guest gets to ask me, the host, questions. Anything that comes onto their mind. Do you happen to have any questions for me? All right, Mr. A Plus. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. If you could change one thing in this world, what would that be? The one thing I would want to change is um, for all hostility and animosity to, to be completely abolished. Beautiful, Michael. More, more love and light and also um, happiness. Beautiful. Beautiful answer. The only other thing I would ever change in this world is... Bring back steam engines. Okay. <laughs> well, we've got a few steam engines sort of tucked away in museums and all that sort of jazz, but you mean um, we've got a steam engine that, that runs here in the Illawarra down here in Wollongong every now and then. You can hear it going sometimes. Yep. In fact, there's a there's a railway in Wales called the Tallyshin Railway. Okay. Um, the what, sorry? I, the Tallyshin Railway. I'm just trying to pronounce it the Welsh way. It's a narrow gauge railway, and all its steam engines are still in active service. Oh, really? The, fir- the first two, Talishin and Dolgork, um, the first two were built in the eight- 1860s. Wow. Okay. Those engines and and their railway were the basis and inspiration for the Scarlow Railway in Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah. And- okay, cool. And- um. I think that's all the time we have now. Um, th- thank you, Dad, so much for your time. I really appreciate it. 
You're most welcome, Michael. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much for com- for being today's guest on the podcast. We've had an amazing discussion. I know. It's been great. In fact, one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you on as a guest is because I really, be- really, truly believe that that my audience could could learn a lot from you and benefit yeah. from it, as I yeah. did. Thank you so much for your time, Dad. No worries. Really appreciate all good. it. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. No problem. It's been a pleasure.